everybody. Welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I'm one half of the show. My name is Jeff. The other half is uh, not right here with me, but on the line with me. It's Mark A. Johnston. Right here waiting for you, as Richard Marks would say. <laughs> Don't know where that came from. Well, that's great because Richard Marks has a music video that Ricky was in. So I'm, I'm excited right. about it. So it was Eckersley and I think Conseco was in it. And it took place in spring training with the Cubs walking the A's off in game seven of the World Series in Oakland somehow as the visiting team. <laughs> There's a lot of holes, oh. a lot of holes in that video. Yeah. Well, I think Richard Marks, Richard Marks is a baseball fan and he's like, dude, we're doing this. I don't care. I'm walking them <laughs> off. You're the visiting team. And why are you wearing a home? Why are both teams wearing a home jersey? I don't know. There's a lot of questions, but. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's get started here. Let's uh, warm up. First of all, let's get into BP. We've got a lot of stuff to go over. First of all, some sad news uh, from the Japanese League Hall of Famer Shoji Murata passed away last week due to a house fire, which is really unfortunate. He was 72. Now, this is interesting because last week on the 88 Tops podcast, they did Mike Diaz. They covered him last week, and they had a great story about Mike Diaz and Murata working as a battery when Diaz was playing for the uh, Lotte team in Japan. Shoji Murata is a, obviously he's a Hall of Famer. He had an incredible career. He called his own games. But uh, the problem with that is uh, the catcher was unaware of what he was going to throw. So <laughs> Diaz could not really work that way. And uh, the first game, uh, I think it was the first game they worked together, he threatened to walk off the field. Unless either you let me call it or you tell me what you're going to throw. Uh, so Murata gave in and threw a one-hitter with uh, Mike Diaz behind the plate. Also, this is cool. Mark, do you like the movie Grease? <laughs> Has that no, a segue uh, or what? Yeah, yeah, boy, yeah, yeah boy, um, no, Jeff, I'm not a fan. What? What about Grease 2? Uh, look, man, I don't know how that movement stuck to the film. It was so bad. Oh, first of all, I love both of them. They are both great films. Olivia Newton-John also might have been little Jeff's very first emotional attachment yeah, she was my first crush. But I love that movie. What I had never heard the story before. And you're like, this is a baseball history podcast. What the heck's going on here? That's right. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, well, Mark Fidrich was offered a part in Greece, but turned it down. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he was their first choice. They ended up going with Lorenzo Lamas, which, you know, can't go wrong with Lorenzo Lamas. The part was for a guy named Tom. He's a high school uh, athlete who briefly dates Sandy in the film. He only appears in a couple of scenes, and his only spoken line is the word, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of role. But uh, that would have been crazy seeing Mark Fidrich in Greece. Yeah, I might actually have to watch it again. I watched it once. Don't get me wrong. Well, see, you got to watch it multiple times. I didn't times. just write it off. Yeah, you got to watch it multiple times. No, no, I don't. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you don't, but you should because it's an awesome movie. All right, Mark, last week we were talking about the relief room and uh, Antonio Alfonseca 
And you mentioned Mordecai mm-hmm. Three Finger Brown because you wanted to name a a pitcher with a finger, something to do with his fingers in his name. Makes sense. Uh, I went through and I compiled a list of other finger and hand related players that we missed out on. So first of all, oh, good. first of all, there's Raleigh fingers, of course. I mean, that's that's the slam dunk, right? Yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next, there's Pinky Higgins. Definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Jim Palmer. Somebody else we're going to talk about quite a bit today, Rafael Palmero. I mean, there is a lot of Palmeros and Palmers, but I wanted to get those in there. Brad Hand. There's a current player. Mm-hmm. Now, now, these mm-hmm. you're going to have to just take, you're going to have to go with it here. Uh, Lenny Dykstra, nicknamed Nails. <laughs> <laughs> and the aforementioned Mark the Bird Fidrich. <laughs> Oh, yes. One of my favorite things, the bird. Okay, now I spent like five minutes on that list. So maybe I've missed some good ones. Uh, If so, send them to us. That's great. I'm sure I, I missed a couple. Mark, last week... We had a trivia question that came to us from uh, from a listener and then uh, Brian Krauss. And I read it and uh, I read it incorrectly. <laughs> I, read it, I read it very incorrectly. And uh, because of that, we don't have many correct answers this week. The, the question was, there are four players that have cards in both the 1963 Fleer baseball set as well as the 1981 set. Now, I apparently said the 1991 set, which, uh, mm. you know, there's obviously a pretty big difference there. Bit of a stretch. Yeah, and I went and I looked at the script, and yes, it does actually say 1981, but I said 1991. We got a lot of responses saying, uh, what are you talking about? Uh, but we still got, besides Brian, who obviously knew the answer, uh, we also got Andrew Harner, who's another one of our longtime listeners, actually corrected me and gave me the correct answer as well. So there were four players in both the 63 and the 81 sets. That's a pretty good span of time. Carl Yastrzemski and Jim Cott. So there's two Hall of Famers right there. And then Maury Wills and Dick Hauser. Now, that wow. happens because Maury Wills and Dick Hauser were players in the 63 mm-hmm. set and then managers in the 81 set. That's good. Yeah. And how about Andrew Harner correcting me in the same message, correcting me and giving me the correct answer? <laughs> Getting the question right and then answering it. Very nice. Yeah. So congratulations. Uh, I apologize. I've, I've had a spat of reading things incorrectly, and my brain is leaving me as I get older. But I've got a new question today. I'm almost positive that I have the answer for it. We'll, we'll see. You're going to read it right? <laughs> we'll see. All right. Mark, when was the last time a Cy Young Award winner had a higher batting average than the home run champ from the same year? Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I think I got the answer (laughs) and I think I read it right. So hopefully that one will work. Uh, That is going to do it. That's kind of a short uh, BP segment today, uh, this week. And I'm doing that because I think we might go a little bit long in our main segment today. So let's go ahead and let's get right into it. Mark, you and I, uh, we traded texts and stuff uh, last week when the Contemporary Baseball Era Players Committee 
put out their final uh, their final ballot for who is who they're going to be voting on to put into the Hall of Fame Eras Player Committee. I guess I'm not sure how you say it. There's only two of them. So the Contemporary Baseball Era Players Committee considers retired major league players who are no longer eligible for election by the Baseball Writers Association of America and whose greatest contributions to the game were realized from 1980 to the present era. So again, I want to stress that their greatest contributions were realized from 1980 to the present era. So that means if a player happened to have straddled that 80 cutoff line during their career, they're pretty screwed, right? Yeah. Because the problem is here, if you had any of your part before 80 or part, you know, only half of it after, they can't consider that. So according to the Hall of Fame's website, there are only two committees, basically everything before 1980 and everything after a 40 year period and then like a 140 year period. <laughs> but this is just this is a stupid way to do this. I'm not going to lie. Let's take, for example, Lou Whitaker, right? Everybody thinks Lou Whitaker should possibly be in the Hall of Fame, at least be considered. He's not on this ballot. He started his career in 1977. Last week. So that's only 16 years of his career are in the time frame that the committee is looking at. Didn't make the final ballot. Keith Hernandez. I don't think I need to profess my admiration and my thought that Keith Hernandez should be in the Hall of Fame anymore. He played six of his 17 years before that time frame, including winning an MVP outside of the committee's purview, did not make the ballot. You got guys like Dave Parker. I mean, there's a lot of really good players that this rule is absolutely ludicrous that uh, we're only going to look before 80 or after 80. So here is a list of some of the names of hitters. Just We're going to start with hitters from 1970 through 1990 that are not in the Hall of Fame, but are not being considered because part of their career was before and part of it was after 1980. Uh, so you've got guys like Steve Garvey, Dave Parker, Dwight Evans, Dave Concepcion, Keith Hernandez, as I said, Greg Nettles. I mean, there are some some names here with some great numbers that can't be considered because their numbers are essentially halved because of the way that uh, the Hall of Fame decided to do this. Yeah, it's pretty screwy. Yeah, I'm not down with it. Now, same thing with pitchers. There are only two pitchers on this ballot, but uh, other pitchers that aren't going to be considered because half of their stats are gone is Tommy John. That's somebody I think you've championed quite a bit in mm-hmm. terms of you know 229 wins, uh, if we're looking at wins. Jerry Royce, Vita Blue, Doyle Alexander. But, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, Dave Steeb, there's a name of somebody that was an absolutely dominant pitcher. Yeah. You bet. Yeah, I mean, he started his career in 1979, so he's not missing out that much. But still, I mean, there are some some names here that are just not getting the respect due, I think, because of the way that they're doing this. But nonetheless, we are going to persevere, Mark. Good news. We're going to take a look at the eight players that are actually on this ballot. And we're going to go through, we're going to look at their stats. We are going to look at some... Uh, other aspects of them that we tend to like to look at here. And we are going to assign points to them depending on how they rank in some of these things. And then you and I, Mark, we're going to induct these guys. I'm excited. Yeah. Now, I don't know how many are gonna, we're going to induct. It's not going to be all eight of them, I can tell you that. 
there's we're going to see. So the names on this list in no particular order here. Uh, Don Mattingly, Dale Murphy, Barry Bonds, Fred McGriff, Albert Bell, Roger Clemens, Raphael Palmero, and Kurt Schilling. So, I mean, obviously the first thing that comes to mind there, we got two guys that are pretty synonymous with the Mitchell Report and steroids in Bonds and Clemens. Uh, Palmero, <clears throat> likewise. Uh, I guess he, he's got to be included just as much in that bunch after having testified in front of Congress that he had never taken steroids and then l- later that week getting suspended for uh, taking steroids. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you got three guys here that are really big steroid guys that are now possibly going to go in uh, depending on, on this committee. So I got a spreadsheet here that I've put together. We're going to start with the batters. Uh, the pitchers is going to go pretty quickly, and I'll tell you why once we get to that. But uh, let's go and take a look at, first of all, just some counting stats, okay? And we're going to do this after after each of these categories. You and I are going to take a vote as to who, who gets the point for that category. So gotcha. taking a look at hits, career hits between uh, Bell, Bonds, Mattingly, McGriff, and Murphy, and Palmero, it's a it's a close one with Bonds and Palmero. Palmero actually ended up with 3,000 hits, 3,020 hits. Bonds came in second with 2,935. After that, McGriff came in with uh, 2,490. Albert Bell did not even have 2,000 hits, only 1,726. Mattingly, 2,153, and Murphy, 2,111. So, the two leaders here in the, uh, in the hit category are Palmero and Bonds. So I think I think we can go ahead and maybe give uh, Palmero two points and Bonds one for that. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds about right. All right. Next, uh, we're just getting through some counting stats here because people love counting stats. Next, we're going to go to RBI. I think everybody can probably guess who who is the leader here with RBI. But again, it's close. Bonds. Is it? Yeah, Bonds ended up with 1996. Bonds ended up with 1996. Palmero, 1835. After that, it was a pretty big drop-off. McGriff came in third with 1550. Mattingly, surprisingly enough, only had 1,099 RBI. No kidding. And if he wouldn't have played with Ricky for a couple of years, it would be well under (laughs) 1,000. But here we go. Bonds takes it there. So we're going to give him two. We're going to give Palmero one. So right now, <laughs> right now, it's kind of a runaway for uh, for two steroid guys. Uh, next, we're going to go home run. If anybody needs any help with who has the most home runs here, I would suggest some more remedial podcasts about baseball. Uh, so that's going to be Bonds there. Any idea who's second between these uh, the other uh, the other five batters? Dale Murphy. Dale Murphy, only 395 or 398. Cool. I'm sorry. Second lowest behind Mattingly's 222. Palmero actually hit 569. Wow, that's a lot. So again here, since we seem to be giving out two to the leader and one to the second place, it's going to go to Bonds and Palmero. (laughs) So Bonds is now up to seven points. Palmero, four. Everybody else, zero. All right. Next, we're going to go stolen bases. Now, this one is an absolute wipeout. Barry Bonds, 514 stolen bases. The second place player here is Dale Murphy with 161. <laughs> That's, you know, 
for a big guy. My bad. <laughs> that is, uh, that's quite a few less. Then uh, Palmero with 97. Yeah. Bell with 88. Crime Dog with 72. And Donnie Baseball checking in with 14 stolen bases. They were probably <laughs> all the tail end of double steals with Ricky on second ahead of him. Fittingly, one of his greatest assets was he knew what he was good at and what he was not. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right. Our final kind of true counting stat is one that I have chosen. Steals of home. <laughs> mm. So, I mean, Bonds has speed, yes. I can tell you that between these six players, though, there were a total of three successful steals of home. Albert Bell had two of them. <laughs> That's great. I know. Can you even believe that? Two steals of home for Albert Bell. Barry Bonds had the third one. So Bonds will still get a point, And Bell is on the uh, on the scoreboard with two. Looking at the scoreboard as we're just about done with the counting stats, it is Bonds at 10, Rafi at four, Bell at two, Murph at one, and Mattingly and McGriff still looking to get on the board. All right. Next category, another one that I chose, Grand Slams hit and Grand Slam opportunities. Nice. Now, I was just going to go with Grand Slams, but then I looked at the opportunities that each of these guys had, how many times they came up came up with the bases loaded, and I was floored by, by some of these numbers. So first of all, Albert Bell with another first place, 13 career Grand Slams. Very nice. In second place, Rafael Palmero with 12. Barry Bonds finishes just out of the money with 11. Mm. Then we get to, uh, let's see, McGriff with nine, Don Mattingly with six. They all came in a single season, <laughs> believe it or not. And then Dale Murphy with five. Now, what really caught me here, though, was the Grand Slam opportunities. So Albert Bell, like I said, he's going to get the two points. Albert Bell hit 13 home runs. He had he came to the plate only 145 times with the bases loaded. Now, I say only 145 because Rafael Palmero, who was in second with 12 grand slams, came to the plate 248 times with the bases loaded. Bonds, with those 11 grand slams, came to the plate 241 times with the bases drunk. So not only did Bell hit more, he hit more in about a third less at bats with the bases loaded. So that's pretty that's impressive. impressive. Yeah. Man. I mean, none of these guys you want to see at the plate with the bases loaded. No. I would say Bonds might be the scariest, but I think Bell might be the second most scary guy. Yeah, I, I always hated facing that guy. Because he is, any moment he could just drop the wood, boom. I agree. All right, so the last counting stat, this is one that I that I handpicked as well, is productive outs. Ooh, very now, nice. See, I, I figured that this one is going to, you know, highlight good batters. So, you know, a productive out is moving the batter along, whether it be, you know, they're on second, you hit it to the right side, they get to third. Maybe they're on uh, second and you hit a deep fly ball and they're able to tag up. Uh, same with the sacrifice fly. Same with the sacrifice bunt, although I don't know that any of these guys have been much sacrifice bunting to their credit. (laughs) Well, actually, if we were going to take a guess, if we were going to talk about sacrifice bunts, who do you think has the most out of this group? Dale Murphy. Uh, Dale Murphy has six, which is good for third behind Rafael Palmero with 15 and Don Mattingly with 13. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Wow. And believe it or not, Fred McGriff has fewer sacrifice bunts than Barry Bonds. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, productive outs for these batters. In first place with 369 is Rafael Palmero. Wow. Second place with 307 is Barry Bonds. I mean, this is a two-horse race at this point. It is right now. Yeah, after that, Mattingly was close. He had 292, so he was there. Then 261 for McGriff, 220 for Murphy, and 191 for Albert Bell. So uh, Mattingly and McGriff still waiting to get on the board here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now we're going to go to some uh, some more recent numbers here. So first of all, we're going to go with war. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say most people are going to know who leads this bunch in war because it is by almost... Well, it's it's more than double the second place. <laughs> and that is the guy that is in first place. It's Barry Bonds with a 162.8. Nobody else is even close to 100. Yeah. Rafael Palmero in second place with 71.9. After that, then we go to McGriff just missing out on his first point with 52.6. Murphy with 46.5. Mattingly with 42.4 and Albert Bell with 40.1. Albert Bell really had a short career compared to, I guess Mattingly kind of had a short career too, but compared to these other guys, Bell really didn't play all that long. Yeah, this is true. All right. Next is my favorite statistic. This is the one that I generally look at and I'm still, I, I'm a little a little chaffed that uh, Baseball Reference does not have this on their site, and I have to go to Fangraphs for this stat. But it's yeah. WOBA, weighted on base. I like it because it assigns different. It's much better than just on base because it assigns different values to different kinds of hits and how you get on base. So, again, no surprise here. Leading this way is Barry Bonds with a 435 weighted on base. The second place person is Mr. Albert Belf with a 396. Uh, after that, then we go, let's see, McGriff with 383, Palmero with 380, Mattingly with 361, and Dale Murphy with 357. I'm a little disappointed with Dale Murphy's performance here. <laughs> I mean, he's got a point. McGriff and Mattingly don't, but uh, except for coming in second, I don't even remember what category it was in stolen bases. Murphy's... Numbers are seriously lacking compared to everybody else's. All right, next we're going to go with defensive war. Very nice. That's interesting with this group. Yeah. What's really interesting with this group is that only one person out of these six players has a positive defensive war, which is shocking. I Mattingly has nine gold gloves. Right. But he's at a minus 6.2. Kidding me. Barry Bonds once again leads the way with a positive 7.6. Wow. This is a runaway at this point. In second place with that minus 6.2 is Donnie Baseball. He's on the scoreboard. Yay. Next is Dale Murphy with a minus 6.8. Then we've got Palmero with a minus 10.6. We've got Albert Bell with a minus 12.3. And Fred McGriff with a minus 17.3. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that is, uh, that's not good. That's some rough defense. All right. Our next uh, kind of advanced stat here is WPA. Win probability added for an offensive player. So, again, there is no real mystery here. Barry Bonds 
just, I mean, uh, three times the second place total. He ended up with a 127.7 WPA. In second place is Fred McGriff getting on the board finally with a 43.2, narrowly beating out Rafael Palmeiro, who had a 43.1. Then it goes to Murph with 30.4, Bell at 26.6, and Mattingly with a 23.1. So I think the interesting takeaway from those numbers is not who was leading them, but who came in second, because we got Mattingly and McGriff on the board. So everybody has at least one point. Bonds has 14 Palmero has nine and Bell has five. Next, we're going to go to some awards and take a look at this. Uh, so first of all, I went with black ink. That is, uh, if you've got black ink, that just means that you led the league in that category that year. So in first place here is, once again, Barry Bonds, 67 instances of leading the league in a statistical category. <laughs> Second place is 21 <laughs> and, so right up there with him. Yes, and that goes to Dale Murphy. Congratulations there, 21. After that, it was 17 for Albert Bell, 14 for Don Mattingly, 7 for Fred McGriff, and only three pieces of black ink for Rafael Palmero. <laughs> yeah. Rafi was just, he was kind of consistent. He was never at the top, but he was consistently near it. Yeah. All right. Next, we're going to go with MVP awards. Take one guess. Not even close, right? Right. Seven MVP awards for Barry Bonds. In second place and starting to rev up after I talked a little smack is Dale Murphy with his two MVPs. And then in third is Don Mattingly with his MVP that he won because he was teammates with Ricky. After that, <laughs> uh, no MVPs for Bell, McGriff, or Palmero. Next, we're going to go all-star appearances. Now, this one is kind of a... This could... You could take or leave this one because you're getting voted in by fans that make it a popularity contest. It was like Cal Ripken Jr. No matter what his year was, he was going to be an all-star. That's just the way it was. But Barry Bonds, 14 all-star appearances to lead the way here. In second place, and like I said, starting to get hot, Dale Murphy yeah, with seven. So uh, that'll take him up to four. Who else is going to represent the Braves? Rick Mailer, <laughs> Zane Smith, <laughs> Zane Smith. Yes. Uh, let's see. So we got the 14. We got the seven. After that, uh, there was six for Don Mattingly, just missing out five apiece for McGriff and Bell, and then four for Rafael Palmero. All right. Next, we've got gold gloves. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. So leading the way here and getting his second point is Don Mattingly with nine gold gloves. In second place, though, he can't be shut out in any of these categories as Barry Bonds with eight. So he gets the point there, uh, five for Murphy and three for Palmero and none for McGriff or Bell. All right. And my last offensive numeric uh, stat here is Silver Sluggers. No, no, no question who gets the first one there with 12 (laughs) is Barry Bonds. Coming in second is Albert Bell with five. And then uh, we go Dale Murphy just missing out with four, three apiece for McGriff and Mattingly, and then Rafael Palmero had two. So looking at the standings here after the spreadsheet portion of the batter section, we've got Bonds just running away with it with uh, 28. In second place, we've got Rafael Palmero with nine, Joey slash Albert Bell with six. Dale Murphy is in there now with four, 
two for Mattingly and one for the crime dog. All right, Mark, let's go to the pitching element here. Just two guys here. This is going to be short and sweet. Roger Clemens and Kurt Schilling. Looking at the categories here that I've set aside here, I said this is going to be short and sweet because we're going to be able to eliminate our first name, which is good because he's also on our do not talk about list. So I first wanted to look at wins. Since there's only two players, we're just going to we're going to give two points for first place and that's it. No second place. For wins, Roger Clemens, 354. Kurt Schilling, 216. Obviously, that goes to Clemens. Strikeouts. I think it's pretty obvious this goes to the Rocket as well. 4,672 versus 3,116. Next, (laughs) because I do like the stolen bases, stolen bases allowed. Mm. So when these guys are on the mound, how many stolen bases does the other team rack up? There is quite a difference here. Now, Clemens played for a bit longer than Chilling, but still, this difference is four times the difference, so it's a big amount. Uh, Kurt Schilling allowed 105 stolen bases while on the mound. Roger Clemens, 446. <laughs> wow. Hands the leg kick. You can't blame the catcher for all of those. No. <laughs> so uh, Schilling gets his first two points there with, uh, with that one. My next stat for pitchers is home run percentage. So how many plate appearances did they give up home runs? So essentially the frequency of their uh, of giving up the long ball. Roger Clemens, 1.8% of at-bats ended up in a home run. For Schilling, it was 2.6. So that's another first place for Clemens. And then uh, similar to what we did with grand slams with the batters, I wanted to see which of these pitchers gave up the most grand slams and who had the most opportunities to give them up. Again, a pretty big difference here. Schilling only gave up five grand slams. Clemens gave up six. But Schilling only faced bases loaded 179 times, while Clemens faced the bases being juiced 300. Not juiced. See, I meant to do that podcast. uh, Loaded 342 times. That's basically twice as many times he had the bases loaded, and he only gave up one more grand slam than Schilling yeah, did. That's impressive. So I'm going to award those points to Clemens. So that is uh, eight to two right there. Then we're going to go into the war. Wasn't even close. Clemens, 138.7, Schilling, 80.5. Then I wanted to look at uh, WPA again, this time for pitchers. Not even close. Clemens, 77.7, Schilling, 35.3. Now, I, you know, if you were to look at these numbers and include postseason, Schilling's ratings are going to go up quite a bit. Sure. Because he was a great postseason pitcher, and Clemens was pedestrian in the postseason. Yeah. There are really no rules, just like the way we're doing this. There are no rules for who's voting for who in these committees. This isn't a ballot that's being sent out to the the baseball writers where they have to, they can only check 10 players and send it back. You know, the Hall of Fame might consider the the postseason bloody sock antics of Kurt Schilling. It's true. Then we're going to go into uh, some of these other ones like Black Ink, not even close. 67 for Clemens, 28 for Schilling. MVP awards, one for Clemens, zero for Schilling. All-Stars, 11 for Clemens, 6 for Schilling. And Cy Young Awards, 7 for Clemens, 
zero for shilling. So, and like I said, I think we can eliminate somebody here. Clemens racked up 20 points to shillings two. Oh, that's not that far off. I mean, that's like you and me and Waxpack Heroes. <laughs> oh, you're calling me Kurt Schilling? That's not cool, bro. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to do this, not only because I, I also just, I don't like the guy. He's done some good stuff for charities and stuff. I, I do know that. But I also just think he is uh, an awful person uh, beyond that. And I'm going to scratch his name off of my ballot. Make it that easy. So we're down to seven players now. And then there was seven. Yep. All right. So now uh, we do some things here on Two Strike Noise, which is uh, a little bit different than a lot of baseball podcasts. We love pop culture. We love movies. We love TVs. Well, not TVs as much as what's on them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. This is true. I like movie screens, too, but I prefer movies. I like a good (laughs) Zenith, you know, as much as the next guy. (laughs) <laughs> but but we like to talk about things, uh, you know, like uh, let's compare people's IMDb pages. So that's exactly what we did, along with some other stuff here. So now we're going to get into some of the ancillary things that we are going to assign points to. And Mark, this round is freewheeling. So we're going to have to come to a consensus of how many points we're giving uh, these players for for these things. Okay. All right. So first of all, we are going to start off with uh, Joey Bell, Albert Bell. Albert slash Joey. Yes. Of course, he started his career as Joey and then changed his name to Albert. Uh, Joey stuck around as a nickname, according to baseball reference, Uh, but also known as Mr. Freeze, which uh, I did not know this. Albert Bell liked the clubhouse cold. Hmm. He liked it to be below 60. Which I'm wow. guessing a lot of players probably were not as as excited about that. So one day it was it was cold, and so one of his teammates went over and turned up the heat. Bell then walked over to the thermostat, and smashed it with his bat, and was therefore na- known as Mister Freeze after that. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm going to have to give him a point for that. I think. <laughs> what do you think? A, a point for 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 nickname origin. Yeah, I like it. All right. Uh, let's see. Of course, uh, Albert Bell also gave a very unnecessary forearm shiver to Fernando Vina at one point. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to, that, that's in the minus category, but we've got some other stuff here. Controversies? Well, <laughs> he had a few. Yeah. So uh, we did the corked bat. I mean, that was one of our first episodes uh, when Jason Grimsley then did the Mission Impossible mission. Which was not impossible because he did it and stole the bat from the umpire's locker room. Uh, he also threw a ball into the crowd at one point and hit a woman in the head. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. Yeah, I know. I mean, you're throwing balls into the crowd. Maybe people should be looking. I don't know. Well, he wasn't like, it wasn't in the middle of play. So, you know, I can, and there weren't cell phones at this point either. So. <laughs> I can see why maybe they weren't paying attention, but uh, that's definitely a minus. Uh, also, October 1995. Let me take you back to a, a Halloween night in 1995 in Euclid, Ohio, when uh, some teens were turned away from Albert Bell's house uh, when they were trick-or-treating. So they went back and egged it, which is completely acceptable. That's kind of what you're expected to do if somebody doesn't give you candy. Yeah. Well, Bell jumped into his car and ran down these trick-or-treaters. He hit one of them with his car. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Unfortunately, this is the tamest of his run-ins with the law after baseball. 
And because there are no rules here, I'm going to vote that's, that he's going to be penalized for some of these 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 run-ins with Johnny Law. I, I think you have to. And I'm not even done yet. Because, of course, Albert Bell was in the Mitchell report. So, yeah, there are, there are these things that um, I, I'm afraid are going to really have to go against him. Uh, what do you think his point total should be on the negative here for the Mr. Well, no, we gave him Mr. Freeze, but the, the Vina forearm shiver, the controversies like the corked bat and the throwing, uh, throwing the, the, the ball in the stands and hitting a woman, running down trick-or-treaters, uh, being in the Mitchell report, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that stuff adds up pretty good. Um, I mean, the Mitchell report is is a huge one, partly because I don't like people named Mitchell, but uh, mostly because it's a <laughs> because it's a, a list of yours. Listeners, that joke just killed with one listener in particular. <laughs> um, the, the steroids to me is the, the most egregious of the offenses, unless somebody, you know, I mean, obviously we're talking about some of these awful people who have uh, domestic violence against them and so on. Like oh, that. well, he's got some. Yes. I just didn't want to mention it. I, like I said, there were more, yeah. <laughs> there were worse. Well, I'm things. saying that to me, roids are the most egregious things next to something like domestic violence or running down a trick or treater. In your, or in your <laughs> did he take his candy? That's what I want to know. Oh yeah. So what? What he did. is this going to be? Just a negative one, or is it going to be a negative three? What? What? What is this going to be? I, I've got to go negative four on this. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty bad. All right. Well, no, you're setting the you're setting the the bar for right. uh, for for Mitchell report because it, there are more. Uh and then the final thing that we will take a vote on for Albert Bell is his uh, IMDb page which is yes. it's pretty small. He did appear in an episode of Hanging with Mr. Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> now, I remember that I don't think I ever watched the show, but I remember the show. Yeah, me too. I I never watched it. Um sure it was grand. What are we going to give him here? Because if, if you give him like a, a whole plus one for hanging with Mr. Cooper, then I mean, Clemens is going to get like 20 points. Right. That's a good point. Frankly, I, I, I'm going to give him half a point. For I think hanging. that's fair. So uh, our final total is a minus two and a half. And he had six coming in so that he bumps him down to 3.5. Next, uh, we've got Barry Bonds, leader in the clubhouse easily. No nicknames listed for Barry Bonds. Wasn't Barry Bonds away a, a nickname? It should have been if it wasn't. Yeah, I'm afraid. To, but I don't, I don't think we can really give any nickname points there. That's a, that's a rare miss for Bonds. Uh, controversy. Mm. I don't know. You could say there was some. <laughs> yes. <laughs> little controversy here. You, you had to look for it, but it was there. Uh, along with that controversy, of course, also being named in the Mitchell Report. Yes. So. Uh, knowing that, knowing the wealth of controversy and the Mitchell report, what are we, what are we going to give bonds having given, uh, bell a minus three for his steroid? Use? Yeah, I think we got to go equal on the steroid use, but, um, uh, bill had, didn't he have a lot worse things on his negatives than bonds? Yes. Yes. I, d I mean the, 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 the steroids is really the thing with bonds there. He's not right. out there beating up nuns. Or uh, yeah. robbing Girl Scouts. So, yeah. So we're just going to go minus, minus, well, no, we did a minus three for all that for Bond, or for Bell. So I'm going to assume 
we're going to be a little bit less with bonds, like yeah. maybe a minus two. Minus two, I think, is the way to go. Now we've got his IMDb page. Pretty impressive. Yeah. For, for Barry Bonds. Uh, he appeared in the movie Rookie of the Year. And then his TV uh, resume is is quite it's quite bold. Nash Bridges, Renegade, Beverly Hills 90210, Arliss, Between Brothers, and Everyone Loves Raymond. Wow. I, that's a pretty good list there. I, I, I dare say that I'm thinking of maybe even a positive three for that amount of work. I don't think anybody else is going to get close to that. Uh, Clemens to, to- is the only one that's going to get close. So if we give him a three for that, that will bring him to a positive one, and that will take him to 29 even. Very nice. It would be very hard to beat. All right, next we've got Don Mattingly. Uh, of course, uh, Mattingly, uh, known as Donnie Baseball and the Hitman, two good names. Mm-hmm. I'm saying we probably got to go at least, uh, uh, we got to go a plus one for nicknames. Yes, absolutely. Number retired by the Yankees. And I believe he is the only, if not, if he's not the only, it's a small handful of Yankees who've had their numbers retired that were not on the Yankees during a World Series year. Right. Also, the le- the uh, last left-handed second baseman to play in the field. That's right. That's right. Also, uh, he played as a left-handed third baseman as well. Let's see. So, controversies. Uh, what do we think there? Well, he doesn't have the, the big negatives. Yeah, there's really no negatives there. So I'm thinking we can give him a good, what, like a plus one or a plus two? Yeah, I, I, let's give him a plus one. All right, so he's at two. Now we get into the uh, to the IMDb page. Now, obviously, Don Mattingly was in Homer at the Bat. Right. So that's like a plus two right out of the gate. <laughs> Definitely. And not only was he in it, but it's out of all those great storylines, the sideburns arc is really probably one of if not the strongest one (laughs) also let us not forget that don mattingly split his pants uh, in an episode of seinfeld uh, because they were made of cotton that's right (laughs) didn't get to see it or anything but it happened yeah i mean we know seinfeld is uh very we're we're big seinfeld fans don mattingly also has a kostakis brothers poster which those are, those are the ones where they're posed. You know, it's not them swinging or anything during a game. It's a posed picture. It was the hitman. Nice. So yeah. he's got that. And also, let us not forget that he also has his own pop fly cover from Daniel Harry. Right. Yeah. That, that should be a bonus, too. It is. We've got some more coming up. Uh, so that's a good, uh, it's not the bulk of work that Barry Bonds had, but I think it might be equally as impressive because we're not talking about Renegade and Between Brothers. We're talking about The Simpsons and Seinfeld. Right, right. Two huge successful shows. Yeah. So I don't know. What are we, are we thinking? I'm thinking a plus, a plus three. I'm throwing the kitchen sink at it. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking the same thing. Absolutely. All it's right. a good one. All right, so that will take Donnie's uh, total to five plus the two from the first round. He's at seven. Uh, next, we've got Fred McGriff. All right, so of course, nicknamed the Crime Dog. Great nickname. So, you know, Crime Dog. I, I think that's worth a point. Oh, yeah, I love that nickname. Uh, controversy. Nothing. Zero. No, no not, from, not from the Crime Dog. No, uh, if it wasn't for Dale Murphy, I would say I'm tempted to give him a plus one just for the lack 
of controversy. <laughs> but Dale Murphy uh, makes McGriff look like Canseco. You can get a plus two is what you have to do. Uh, all right. So no controversy there. IMDb page is interesting for Fred McGriff. Of course, Fred McGriff is the face of Tom Amansky's defensive drills video. <laughs> which, which is huge. As a baseball fan, it really is. Yes, it is. So he's got that. And then he has one other entry. He was in a movie. He made a, a, a just a brief appearance as himself. I think. I think it said it was uncredited on the movie, in the movie, On the Line. Mm. Now, I've seen this movie. Uh, it stars Lance Bass and Joey Fatone, of course, oh, from boy. NSYNC. In this movie, this is this is quite a while ago they made this movie. Uh, Lance Bass meets a girl. That tells you how long ago it was. Yeah. That girl, uh, played by Emmanuel uh, Shirky, who oh, is uh, one of my absolute all-time uh, most admired female actresses. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but he forgets her number. They're on the subway. He forgets her number. And hilarity ensues as, they, as uh, he searches with his buddy Joey Fatone across the city to find her. We've got Tom Amansky and a, a brief appearance in a movie with two in uh, sync alumni. <laughs> Give him a point. I, I was thinking the same thing. So that's <laughs> two. So he is uh, in at three total. All right. Next, we get to Dale Murphy. Uh, nickname Murph. I, I can't. I don't think we can award points. It's the best they could do. It'd be like if his nickname was Red <laughs> or or a Lefty. Yeah. But yeah, I think we're gonna have to just. I think that's a goose egg on the nicknames. Of course, I mean if you say Murph, everybody knows who you're talking about. Yeah. I, I don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to. I will probably get some some emails about that. But I'm gonna go with zero on the nickname. I gotta go zero. Scandal. Yeah, right. Yeah. This is the guy that uh, would not do interviews with female reporters unless he was fully dressed, would not get a picture taken with a female unless his wife was also in the picture. Uh, this guy uh, probably on the outside looked the same as uh, Steve Garvey, only not doing all the scummy stuff uh, when people aren't looking like Steve Garvey. <laughs> not even close. This is a <laughs> choir boy. Zero. Yes, it is. Yes. So we're going to give him a plus two. Absolutely. For being a good citizen. For non-controversy. <laughs> uh, no Kostakis Brothers posters, but he had a pretty famous Nike posed poster as well, where he's in an alleyway and there's smoke all around and he's got his bat and it's, I think it's, it looks like a lightsaber or it's on fire or something. It's a pretty cool, a pretty cool poster. And... Also, Dale Murphy has the honor of having not one, but two pop fly art covers. Yes, this is true. He was the, uh, he was issue one because right. uh, he's Daniel Harin's favorite player of all time. And uh, yeah, so he has two different covers. I could find no, uh, no IMDB information on him. Uh, anything other than just baseball related stuff. So uh, what are we going to do for... You know, the, the, the pop fly covers in the poster, essentially. I got I to gotta say, the pop fly, having two, I think Nolan Ryan has two. And Dale Murphy, I don't know if anyone else does. That's a big deal. We got to give him a point for that. Okay, yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking a point, a point. So that'll give him a plus three plus his original four. So he is at seven right now. So this is... Uh, with one more batter and then Clemens uh, bonds the far and away leader at 29 
Uh, Mattingly and Murphy at seven. <laughs> Albert Bell down to 3.5 with the off the field behavior and McGriff yes. at three. So we're almost to a decision. All right. Next, we go to Rafael Palmero, nicknamed Rafi. That's the same as that's the same as Murph. Only Murph, yeah. <laughs> only there's a lot of other Raphaels uh, in Donatello's. So that doesn't even make sense. So we're going to nothing there. Controversy. Yes, obviously named in the Mitchell report, perjured himself in front of Congress and uh, then got suspended. And the day he uh, came off that suspension was supposed to be Rafael Palmero Appreciation Day at Camden. <laughs> they, they pushed that back. Probably a good, good thinking. Good thinking there. Also, once called uh, his uh, teammate at Mississippi State, Will Clark, called him a lowlife. <laughs> okay. Now, I guess I should have warned everybody I was going to use the harsh language, but called him a lowlife. Well, the nerve. Yeah. So... I don't know. What are we thinking there? Obviously controversial and called Will Clark a low life. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Will Clark is a low life or not. I wouldn't think so. I don't. Th- I mean, he was he was always real grumpy when he was a player. Yeah. But I think he is a to- I think he's a totally charming individual off, off the diamond. <laughs> I was charming. That too. Yes. Well. So I don't know. I, I think we got to kind of throw the book at Rafi. I mean, we did with Bonds and yep. and uh, and Bell. So I think we need to go at least a, a full three. Absolutely. Minus three. Yep. Let's see. If we look at his IMDb page, he made an appearance on Ar- in an episode of Arliss, as I think everyone was contractually obligated to in the so. 90s if you were a professional athlete. Let's see. So he was on Arliss, and then uh, he was also in Little Big League, the movie, as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, little Big, I'm going to go. I say we give him a point for that. Yeah, that's fair. All right. So that's at minus two. He was at nine. So that bumps him down to seven. So we've got a three-way tie for second, and we just got Roger Clemens left. All right. Clemens, nicknamed The Rocket and the Texas Con Man. I, I think we've dis- had this discussion before. We'd never heard Texas Con Man. Uh, before but obviously the rocket is a great nickname it's a classic yeah i think we gotta go at least have we given anybody a two for their nickname no we have not do we want to with roger it's so iconic you kind of have to yeah okay yeah i'll go two on that i'm i'm with you all right uh controversies (laughs) well i wouldn't say bell controversy bonds controversy you just have to laugh palmero controversy yeah uh, obviously, the the steroids, huge thing. We're throwing the book at the steroid users here. He had this to say about about Henry Aaron. Uh, Henry Aaron said that pitchers, in his mind, shouldn't be eligible for the MVP because they have the Cy Young Award. And Clemens said this about Henry Aaron. He said, quote, I wish he were still playing. I'd probably crack his head open to show him how valuable I was. Okay. Well, that was that's a smart thing to hey, say. One at the home run champ, one of the most beloved players. Yeah, and say you wish he was playing because you'd hit him in the head. Mm, uh, lovely. Don't forget uh, when he was unable to tell the difference between a broken baseball bat and uh, baseball. And the ball, yeah. So it was that. I thought it was the ball. Sure, you did, man. Uh, here's a little thing. Maybe this will uh, help you along too, uh, Roger was pitching in an exhibition game between the Astros and his son Kobe's minor league club. In his first at-bat, Kobe hit a home run off of Clemens. Next time up, 
Clemens brushed him back. <laughs> I think you got to give him a point for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just say, a, I'm going to give him a zero on that. But all this other stuff, threatening Hank Aaron, Mitchell report. I mean, the guy had some some anger management issues. I think we've got to go a minus three or maybe even a minus four. It's pretty bad. It I is. Mean, I don't think we can go a four just because Jail look at time. some of the stuff that like <laughs> Albert Bell did. He got a three. All right. So he's at minus two. Uh, we look at his IMDb page. Of course, Clemens also in the Homer at the Bat episode of The Simpsons. That's uh, a definite big thing. Posed for a Rocket Man poster. Again, I think it was a Nike one, but a pretty famous poster of him with a rocket in his uh, in his hand rather than a ball on the mound. Let's see, other things. TV and movies. He was in an episode of Hope and Faith, Spin City, the ubiquitous uh, episode of Arliss. He was on a baseball episode of Mythbusters, which we need to track that down. Yeah, that's got to be seen. That seems like that's right up our alley. Yeah, he was also... Uh, I don't think he hosted. It just said Saturday Night Live. I don't think he ever hosted it. Might be wrong. Uh, also in the movies, Anger Management, Kingpin, and Cobb. Hmm. So I know Kingpin is is kind of a uh, cult movie classic, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's a pretty funny movie. Uh, let's see. Arliss, of course. I, I mean, Mythbusters, that's pretty big. Spin City was pretty big. I mean, this is a pretty solid uh, you know, and the Simpsons, of course. So this is, this is a pretty solid list here. I'm, I'm thinking, what did we give Mattingly? A, we gave Mattingly a, a plus five, I think. <laughs> we don't need to go that high. I'm thinking, though, like maybe a three or a four. Yeah, I think I think a three, just because of the, I already used the word iconic, but the, the shows he was on were quite iconic. Yeah, they were. And we're at the bat, especially, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and hope and faith. Plus, I like that he threw at his kid at the father-son game, you know? All right. So uh, he ends up with a plus one, plus his 20 from the first round takes him to 21. So, Mark, let's wrap this up now. Uh, Looking here at our our point total, Bonds and Clemens easily. I mean, nobody else. We had a a three-way tie for third with seven. (laughs) So that is is trailing uh, Clemens by 66% or something like that. Again, I went to Wazoo. And that would be Mattingly, uh, Murphy, and Paul Merrow. So I don't know. Are we ready to, to vote in and say that we're going to let two steroids guys in Bonds and Clemens in? Personally, no. <laughs> Sorry. No. Can't do it. Okay. What about uh, you? I, you know what? I, I'm at the point where I say a lot of men. Everybody knows <laughs> what they did, and everybody's going to look at their induction differently. Mm-hmm. But th- these guys are going to get in at some point. There's, they're going to. For 15 years, Barry Bonds was the face of baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clemens was, you know, during the 80s and 90s, he was seven Cy Youngs. Yeah, yeah. They're going to get in. Again, I think everybody knows. They'll always be looked on differently, but I think they're going to get in. I, I'm very interested to see what this what the actual vote is because you know, if they let, as soon as that, that first steroid guy yep. that opens the floodgate yep. and you're going to see more, it's going to happen. So why not now? Why, why don't we break it here on this show? You know, because it's fun to oppose it. That's why, that's why I oppose it. Cause it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, remember it was also fun though, watching them. Wasn't it? Oh, it ah. That's a great point. That's a great point. It was. 
So, I mean, while we still look at, look at our guys, like what would, uh, you know, it was just starting when Nolan was wrapping, you know, winding down his career, but what if he could have taken them uh, and extended his career by three or four years? Maybe, I don't know how. Yeah, he'd still be pitching if he took a run. I don't know how it prevents his elbow injury, but still. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've definitely softened my stance on these steroid users, but there you go. Uh, mm-hmm. Let us know what, what your thoughts are. Um, you know, would you let them in? What would you, uh, how would you score these, <laughs> these gentlemen? Uh, is it different than the way that we did uh, in terms of what's important to you? Yeah, there's no rules. I mean, we just, we're just having fun with it. Have some fun. Let us know what you came up with. Yeah. And like I said, there are no rules uh, in these committees. They're just guys and they're lobbying each other. I mean, that's famously how it wasn't it. Uh, Tony LaRusso was on it, on the, the committee, and he's uh, who lobbied to get Harold Baines in and yes. was successful. This was our this was our fun way of doing it, at least for us. There you go. All right. Uh, Mark, uh, we need to get on with it because, uh, as expected, this took a little bit longer going through all these things. We need to get into the final segment of the show, the segment that uh, has been dubbed America's favorite baseball card game of all time. <laughs> it's Wax Packs Heroes. There you go. Wax Pack Heroes. So uh, if this is the first time you've joined us, this is what we're going to do. We're going to open up a, a uh, pack of baseball cards, uh, usually wax, as the uh, title would imply. And uh, we're going to do it this week. We've got some wax packs here. We're going to open them up. We're going to take the baseball reference war of the year of the cards, which in this case is 1990. And we're going to uh, total that up. But if there's a couple of things going on, you can either add or subtract from that total. First of all, if there is anything on the player's face, eye black, glasses, flip downs, uh, anything like that, tenth of a point. Uh, if they have got real stirrups on and we can see sanitary socks, that's cool. That's a tenth of a point as well. But if we see the two and ones, it's a minus tenth of a point. Sweatbands with their jersey number or caricature on it. If they played any of their final three seasons as a CL Mariner. If they have two flaps or no flaps on their batting helmet or are batting without batting gloves. All of that, you get an extra tenth of a point. If uh, their mustache is really, really nice. We're going to give it uh, the possibility of a second tenth of a point bonus any awards they won that year rookie of the year cy young mvp all-star gold glove half a point each if there is a hall of famer on the card whether or not they are the focus of the card that is a plus one if a nolan ryan card shows up in uh, at any point those five points and they're going to go to mark if ricky henderson they're five and they go to me and we're also going to each pick a team and uh, if my team shows up i get a half a point each time if it's uh, marks he gets a half point so what team are you going to go with this week? I'm going to go with the Orioles, the Baltimore Orioles. All right. I'm going to go. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, the team of our Hall of Famer, our new Hall of Famer that has the most votes from us. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Giants just because they're probably, he's probably more well-known with them than the Bucks outside of real diehard fans. Uh, all right. Mark, this episode has run a little bit long, so we're going to do an abbreviated version here. I have got a single pack of uh, 1990 
Donruss. Uh, it's got 16 cards in here, so we're going to split this right down the middle. I'm going to let you decide, do you want the top eight or the bottom eight? I'm going to go with the lower eight. The lower eight. All right. All right. Uh, just a quick look at the scoreboard, right? Yeah, last week, Mark took the lead for the first time this year. He is up 12 to 11. All right, we're going to start with a Philadelphia Philly. He is the father of a uh, really good young shortstop for the uh, Pirates. Here is his dad, Charlie Hayes. Nice. Let's see, the father of Cabrian Hayes. Charlie played for 14 years in the big leagues, four years with the Giants, four with the Phillies, and then uh, it goes down from there with quite a few other teams. Uh, won a World Series in 96 with the, uh, with the Yankees. Uh, I remember him catching, I think it was the final out. Remember him, it was a pop-up or something. I think that was him. Uh, but we are looking at 1990. He was with the Phillies that year. He hit 258, 10 home runs, 57 RBI, a 77 OPS plus, And that is good for a 1.2. Uh, looking at this card, he has got some real stirrups on, which is cool. Uh, I think that is the only thing that is going to help you out. Okay, I'll take it. All right, next we have got a, uh, you've got a Larkin. It's, uh -oh. it's not Barry, though. It's Gene with the uh, Twins. Gene Larkin. All right, let's see. Uh, Gene Larkin, seven years in the big leagues, all of it with Minnesota. Uh, 1988, he led the league in hit by pitches. So he's got that going for him. 1990, though, hit 269, five home runs, 42 RBI, and a OPS plus of 101. And all of that equals a minus 0.1 war. Yeah, I figured he was right around the ultimate average, 0.1, whatever it was going to be. Yeah, well, that's unfortunate because that wipes away most of your, uh, your score. Nothing on that card is going to help you out. Uh, Larkin did win two World Series with the Twins, both in 87 and 91. So, joke's on us. He's got a World yeah. Series ring. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, next. Well, you're going to like it. Uh, this is a guy that, uh, you know, if his career wasn't split like it was, might get a little bit more uh, recognition for the Hall of Fame. Mike Scott with the Astros. Uh, oh, split, like the split finger fastball he threw. That was good, man. These podcasting classes are paying for themselves. <laughs> Big Mike Scott fan right here. Let's see. So, I guess it didn't split. I mean, he... Rookie year in 1979, depending on where they, if they take 80 as being, which era the actual year lands in, I guess he's, I mean, uh, he was a great pitcher, but maybe not in that conversation, I guess. 13 years in the big leagues, all of it with Houston. And wow, he was the Mets nemesis Yeah, in, in 86, boy. He was. <laughs> Uh, let's see, though. In 1990, at the age of 35, he went 9-13. and 13, One year removed from his career-high 20-10 and 10 record the year before. 3.81 ERA and a 98 ERA plus, and that equals a war of 1.6. Nothing else on this card is going to help you out, though. All right. So far, so good, man. <laughs> Next, you've got pitcher for the Dodgers, Ramon Martinez. All right, let's see. Uh, we've done Ramon before. Brother of Pedro Martinez, of course, and cousin of Denny Batista. 14 years in the big leagues, most of it with the Dodgers. In 1990, good news for you is one all-star year. He went 20-6, and six, 12 complete games, three shutouts, 234 innings, 223 Ks, and a 126 ERA+. plus. Came in second in the Cy Young voting. Yeah, that's a heck of a year. Yeah, it really is. That is good for a war of 3.9, 
Plus the all-star will be 4.4. And he's got a mustache. So that'll be a 4.5. We've talked about him several times. So we're going to go on. The next one is pitcher for the Brewers, Teddy Higuera. Teddy Higuera. Left-hander, right? Left-hander, left? Yes. No, wait. Left, right. Yeah, he's a left-hander. We, I think because we always forget about his no-hitter until then we go into the mm-hmm. Wikipedia page and, and find mm-hmm. it. Let's see. Nine years in the big leagues, all of it with Milwaukee. In 1990, he went 11-10 and 10 with a 3.76 ERA, 170 innings pitched, 129 Ks, and an ERA plus of 103. That is good for a war of 2.5. All right, next you have got a rated rookie card. Oh, here with Atlanta, Kent Merker. Oh, Kent Merker, yes. He's always kind of that uh, that forgotten guy in, in the Atlanta bullpen. He is. Uh, no, I, I guess he solid. started. I guess he started uh, towards the end of his time in Atlanta. Yeah, he, he started did. to start, but yeah, solid guy is right. Overall, 18 years in the big leagues, he played for just about everybody, except for Seattle, unfortunately for you. 1990, his second year in the big mm. leagues, four and seven with a 3.17 ERA. That is a 128 ERA plus, and that is a WAR of 0.5. He's got real stirrups as well, so that'll be a 0.6. Next, we have got a Mariner outfielder, Greg Briley. Pee Wee, great nickname, Pee Wee Briley. There it is, Pee Wee. Five nine, and you're calling him Pee Wee? I don't know. <laughs> He's taller than me. What the- I'm going to call you Pee Wee for now on then. No, just pee. Okay. <laughs> Six years in the big leagues. Good news for you. Five of it was with the Mariners. So his two of his last three seasons was with Seattle. 1990 with the Mariners. Uh, hit 246. Five home runs. 29 RBI. 16 stolen bases. That's good. 89 OPS plus. And that is a .9 war. Plus the two Mariner bonuses will be a .11 or a 1.1. And he's got a mustache and real stirrups. So that'll be nice. a 1.3 from Pee Wee. Good card. All right. And your final card is a member of the Cleveland team. It is John Farrell. Pitcher. Went on to be a pitching coach. Mm-hmm. He did. He, we, oh, I think we always forget that. He managed the Blue Jays and uh, won a World Series with the Red Sox. So I guess that's pretty important. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Uh, as a player, though, he played for eight years, 1990 with Cleveland. He went four and five with a 4.28 ERA, 96 and two thirds innings, a 92 ERA plus and a 0.8 war. Wow, that's pretty good. I'll take it. All right. So that will take your total up to 11.6 on that short pack. Oh, that works. That works. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good score. All right, so now uh, we're going to go to my cards here. So I have the uh, the, bo- the, the bottom of the top. doesn't matter. I got eight of them right here. I'm going to start off with pitcher for the Orioles, Bob Malacky. Bob Malacky. I always liked Bob Malacky. Let's see. Bob Malacky, eight years in the big leagues. Last year, he was with the Seattle Mariners in 1996. I don't remember that. Uh, let's see. In 1990, with Baltimore, he went five and eight in 24 starts. 135 innings pitched and a ERA plus of 86. And that will equal a positive three. Plus you've got that Mariners bonus will be a positive 0.4 for me. Not bad. Not bad. I've seen better. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. My uh, next card. Oh, got a hall of famer. I think I'm going to like it. He is a pitcher for the Cubs. He's nicknamed mad dog. I've heard of him. It's Greg Maddox. 
All right. So uh, obviously a Hall of Famer, four-time Cy Young Award winner, 18 gold gloves. That just, that just boggles my mind. Uh, let's see. In 1990 with the Cubs, a 15-15 and 15 mark with a 3.46 ERA, led the league in starts and hits allowed. Where are you going, Greg? Uh, 119 ERA plus. He did win a gold glove this year and a war of 4.0. He's a Hall of Famer, so that'll be a 5.0. Gold Glove is 5.1, and the Stirrups is a 5.2. Ooh. I'm not going to lie. I think that helped. Yeah, I think that was a good score for you. Yeah. That's all right. We'll shake it off. Well, uh, don't don't get too loose, because next up, I've got a guy that's a little bit crazy sometimes. Pitcher for the Red Sox, Oil Can Boyd. Oh, nice. Show favorite. All right, so uh, Dennis Boyd, let's see, 10 years in the big leagues. Most of it was with Boston. Uh, 1990, don't remember him as an expo, but apparently he mm-hmm. was. 10-6 <laughs> and six with a 2.93 ERA in 31 games. 190 and two-thirds innings, 113 Ks, a 125 ERA plus, and that will equal a war of 4.3. Wow. Plus, he's got a mustache and real stirrups. So that'll be a 4.5. We're on fire. I don't want to jinx myself because I'm at 10.1. You're at 11.6, and it's a short stack. So, all right. Well, we're going to stay. If one of us would have picked the Red Sox, uh, wow, we would have gotten some good good cards here. Uh, I've got uh, center fielder Ellis Burks. Big Ellis Burks, man. Was he a center fielder or a left fielder? Uh, I think Ellis Burks was a center fielder. I played all over. Uh, Ellis Burks, 18 years in the big leagues. Uh, Let's see, most of it with Boston. And then uh, Colorado, Cleveland, and the Giants. In 1990, all-star year. That's good news for me. Hit 296, 21 home runs, 89 RBI, and a 128 OPS plus. And also won a gold glove that year. This is over. This is over. I'm going to start bringing in the position players. Uh, That is good for a war of 3.3. The awards will be 4.3. And uh, he's got a mustache. (laughs) So that will will put me well in the lead with some uh, couple of cards left here. Uh, Next, we've got, uh, boy, another show favorite, David Justice. Justice. Let's see. David Justice in the big leagues for 14 years. I, what do you th- I always think of him in Atlanta, I guess. I, Cleveland a lot, yeah, but Atlanta is... is uh, let's see, 1990. Good news for me. He's a rookie of the year. Ooh. Hit 282, uh, 28 home runs, 78 RBI, 11 stolen bases, and a 143 OPS+. Plus. And that is good for a war of 2.9. Uh, let's see, with the rookie of the year, it'll be uh, 3.4. Uh, next, I've got another Red Sox, Danny Heap. Danny Heap. I remember him man. with the yeah. I remember him with the uh, the Mets because he was uh, in the in the '86. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, let's see, Danny Heap, uh, the nephew of Matt Bats. Okay. Uh, Matt Bats uh, played in the '40s and '50s mainly with the Red Sox, but uh, let's see for Danny Heap. 13 years in the big leagues, four with the Mets, four with Houston, and the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and Atlanta. In 1990, with the Boston Red Sox, he hit a robust 174. 
Uh, that's good <laughs> for a 32 OPS plus and a minus 0.8. So uh, thanks, Danny. Fortunately, I think I've got a good lead. Yeah. I got two cards left, <laughs> and uh, you're not going to like them. Uh, first, I got Jack Clark here with the Padres. Let's see, Jack the Ripper. Just, that is a great nickname. Oh, yeah. An 18-year big league career, 10 with the Giants, 3 with the Cardinals. And in 1990 with the Padres, led the league in walks. Wow, he walked a lot. Three out of four years, he led the league in walks from 87 to 90. Wow. Uh, Let's see, hit 266, 25 home runs, only 62 RBI. That is a very low total. Uh, and 167 OPS plus, and that is good for a war of 3.8. Wow. You're running away with it, man. Yeah, I really am, uh, because my last card is another Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Last card is Wade Boggs. We've never talked about him before, have we? No, really have not talked about <laughs> the chicken man before. So we're going to cruise through this one pretty quick. Let's see. In 1990, he was an all-star. I like it. Uh, hit 302. That was a down year for him, and that is not a joke. Six home runs, 63 RBI, no stolen bases, no caught stealing. It's the only year he didn't try to steal a base in his career. Mm. Uh, 122 OPS plus, and that is good for a 3.2 overall, 3.7 with the uh, All-Star, and then the Hall of Fame would be a 4.7, and he's got a mustache, and he's got eye black on. So, <laughs> that runs my total to 25.8 out of eight cards that's yes. ridiculous that is uh that is a good pack for me right there yeah. all right yes it was all right so yeah that was a quick episode of uh wax packs heroes that we're now level 12 a piece it is uh it's a best of well it's the first to eight who's gonna win it's gonna be mm-hmm. it's a battle Yep. All right. So that's going to end this episode of Wax Packs Heroes. Also going to wrap up this episode of uh, the podcast. Uh, we are on social media if you want to get a hold of us, posting things throughout the week. Uh, still on the Twitter app. It is does not seem to have gone under just yet, but we're waiting. Uh, you can find us at 2 Strike Noise. That is at T-W-O Strike Noise on any of the socials. Mark, we also have an email address. Electronic mail can be sent to us at two strike noise at gmail.com don't use any numbers all letters two strike noise at gmail.com all right that's gonna do it uh you heard it here first everybody uh the two next hall of famers from the uh the contemporary committee will be barry bonds and roger clemens as long as they take the right things into consideration yes <laughs> and if they want uh, if they want our list be happy to hand it over to we will turn over all notes and everything Yes. All right. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you very much for uh, listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day. <laughs>